Hello everyone, it's Coach V here and I just want to welcome you to another episode of Transformative Talk with Coach V. So I want to dig a little deeper into a podcast that I did um, earlier in February that was entitled, What You Don't Process, You Stay Stuck In. Um, Over the last few weeks, I've had several conversations with various different people and we talked about stagnancy and being stuck and how we see it being so prevalent in today um, and how it keeps us from truly being in the place that God desires us to be in and how we have to take ownership of the fact that we are stuck, that we're all in this stagnant place um, and how we need to truly seek God for understanding be healed in those areas, and then begin to work with God on a plan to get ourselves out of that place and to stick to that plan. Those are just some of the highlights from that particular podcast. And so we're going to dig a little deeper this week, and we are going to talk about just dealing with it. So as always, I hope you have a pen. I hope you have your journal. Um, some paper to write on so that you can take some notes. These are things that you can then reflect on just in your private time, your meditation time, just even in your prayer time with God as you begin to um, deal with the things that may have you stuck or that you feel um, are hindering you. And the first thought that comes to mind is just the fact of the the matter is that sometimes we are the ones that are hindering ourselves. We are the ones that are holding ourselves back because we are holding on to whatever that thing is, be it the pain, the hurt, the disappointment, the heartbreak. Um, We never just really get over it. We never really move past it. We go day to day, but there's always something that's still yet lingering with us. Um, And we, for whatever reason, don't fully let that go. We don't fully surrender to that. And we just continue to carry it. It's like that one brick in your wheelbarrow that, you know, you just kind of carry around. And it, it almost becomes a sense of comfort. And it becomes a thing that we then justify our behavior and our actions by because, Um, It keeps us in that comfortable place that we don't have to do any work. And so today we're going to talk about the topic, just deal with it. And so um, as always, we're going to talk about a few reasons why we don't like just dealing with stuff. Um, And the first thing is that we don't want to relive that pain. We don't want to relive that trauma. We don't want to go through that particular thing again to, to... relive it, to think about it, to to spend time reflecting on it, it causes us a level of pain. It causes us a level of discomfort. Um, Be it that somebody did something to us or it's based on a a decision or a choice that we made, we never want to go back and deal with that and say, ooh, that wasn't the right thing to do or that wasn't the right thing to say or maybe I really did offend that person. And It's just easier for us to just keep blowing past it, completely ignoring it, than to take the time to really sit and evaluate, sit in our feelings about those things. We never really want to just sit in it. Um, You know, 
even though things happen, um, it's it's okay to sit in it. Doesn't mean you stay there. It doesn't become the place that you now dwell. But it's okay to sit in it and own up to what happened, whether it was something by um, that happened to you by way of another person or um, if it was something that that you caused to happen. We've got to stand up and, and realize that we have to just own that truth of that particular thing. The next thing that I thought about is that we oftentimes don't want to admit our contribution. This kind of goes along with what I was just talking about. We don't want to take the time to really think about our role in the situation, what we did to contribute to it, how we may have caused hurt, how we may have caused pain, how we may have caused another person to stumble or how we may have offended them or hurt them. And then we don't take the time to look at how the things that we've done, the decisions that we've made, the choices that we've made, we don't want to admit our role. It's just like if we have an argument with somebody, we always highlight what the other person said or what the other person did to offend us or hurt us. But we never want to tell what we did. We never want to tell the side of where we may have been offensive. We don't want to tell the side of maybe it was because of our action that we got this reaction from this other person. So we never want to fully confess that because we don't want to deal with with the fact that maybe we behaved inappropriately. Maybe we overreacted or we reacted um, in a way that was unacceptable. And so we never really want to face that. We want to just tell the side so that those that we tell the story to side with us. Because we know if we tell it to a person that's impartial, to a person that's neutral, to a person that's going to say, you know, hey, no, I think that you were wrong. You know, we never want to hear that. So we don't like the correction either from people that we really value or trust. And and I have to say this just in this moment, if if the people around you are always agreeing with you, if they are always co-signing on bad behavior, then those are really not people that you want to hang around. Those are not people that are really your friends. You want to be around people that are going to tell you when you're wrong. You want to have people around you that love you enough to correct you because they see the potential in you. They see the, the the growth potential and they desire you to be a better person. And so if you have people around you that are just yes men, then those are the wrong people to be around because they don't desire you to grow. They want to keep you in that dysfunction. It keeps them comfortable. They don't have to grow. They don't have to do more. They don't have to step out of a box and be greater. And so even in that, when you're reflecting on your role in things, take the time to reflect on those around you. Because before you take any action and you consult anybody that you respect or you regard or hold in high esteem, they should love you enough to say, I don't think that's the right thing to do or that is not the right thing to do. Um, And so I just wanted to add that little nugget. The last thing that I thought about is um, so oftentimes we use that thing, 
whatever it is, and I kind of alluded to this a little earlier, we use it as the justification for our poor behavior. We use it as the justification to continue to make bad decisions, to hold on to the anger, to the hurt. That hurt has become so commonplace and so normal for us. It's the story that we tell. So we always are telling the story from a place, from a position of being a victim. This is what was done to me. This is what this person said to me. This is how this person hurt me. This is how this person mistreated me. This is how this person deceived me. This is how this person betrayed me. And that's the story that we always tell. Because then if we get people to feel sorry for us, then we think, oh, they'll give us a pass. I won't expect any more of her. I won't expect any more of him because they're hurting. And let's be honest, some of the hurts that we hold on to are years old. It happened a long, long, long time ago. We just never took the time to deal with it, to heal from it. But we've been using it as this, like a carte blanche to to mistreat other people or to keep ourselves distanced from other people, from truly really doing the work that we need to do to be a better person ourselves. Because if we think about it, if it was an offense that um, took place on the on on part of on, on the behalf of another person, if it was a person that offended us, if it was somebody else that hurt us, that person has moved on. They're not sitting there in that hurt. They're not sitting there losing a night's sleep over what was done to you because they may think that they didn't offend you. They may think they didn't really hurt you. They they may think that what they said or what they done was justified. And we have to also consider the fact that maybe because they were hurting, maybe because something was done to them, that that's how they expressed it, that hurt. You just happened to be on the receiving end of it. Now understand me and hear me clearly when I say that does not excuse the behavior. It does not justify the offense. In no means, by no, in no way, by any means does it justify what happened. However, we have to consider that maybe we need to just step in with compassion for that person. They may be hurting, they may be bleeding, and you just happen to be in the path of, of, of getting some of that blood on you because they're not healed, because they haven't properly dealt with hurt or offense or trauma in their life. And so we have to learn to not take it personal and and take that perspective. But we cannot go around using that as justification to continue to walk in this dysfunction, walk in pieces, being just part of what we really truly could be not living up to our full potential because we're still holding on to this hurt to this devastation to this to this adversity that we dealt with or that we experienced years ago we don't 
have to continue to make it a part of our present story and we don't have to carry it into our future. And so, you know, every week we have a transformative thought. And again, I hope that you will write this down and just reflect on it in your private time. And as you continue your journey, that this becomes a part of what you say or affirm to yourself when we're talking about just dealing with it. And so the transformative thought for this week is, I choose to allow God to reveal in me what must be healed in me. I trust God to help me deal with it. I always remember, you know, I've, I've heard it said many times before, you know, if, if God brings you to it, he will definitely bring you through it. And, and I am a witness to that in my own life. Um, there have been times, even as of recent, that I've had to really fight for my own mental health to not go back to a place of depression. And even though in my heart of hearts, I probably really just wanted to stay in the bed and just not deal with the world, not talk to anybody, just shut myself off. I knew that I had to fight for myself. I knew I had to deal with it. I knew that I had to confront it. I couldn't use it as a justification to be unkind to the people that love me, to just stop communicating with my husband. Um, I could not allow the enemy to try to water that seed of fear and doubt and take me back to a place of sadness and depression. And so for me, I allowed myself to just sit in it. I knew because God is so sovereign that he wouldn't allow me to stay there, but I wanted to feel the full weight of it. I wanted to know what it was to feel this sadness, but then to trust God completely, knowing that he would heal me and remind me of his healing power, remind me of how good that he truly is because he delivered me. He saved me from a life of over 25 years of, of living with depression and anxiety. And so I could allow myself to just rest in the confidence that God would be right there for me, that he was not going to let me stay in this place, but just, just as a reminder of how powerful and wonderful he is and how much he loves me and how much he needs me to speak about these things, to encourage others that you can also deal with it, but we have to allow God to reveal it. He can't heal anything that we don't allow him to, to reveal. And so that's, that's a, a really present example of, of what that transformative thought means to me because I experienced that very recently. And I'm thankful that I just allowed him to speak to my heart and allowed the tears to flow, but then softened me enough to be able to speak to my husband about, there are just times that I struggle with my mental health. I fight every day, but there are days that I just struggle. That way he knows how to support me. He knows how to help me. 
He knows how to encourage me. He knows how to be more present for me. When I'm able to be open, then I'm able to advocate for myself. I'm able to speak up and say, this is what I need from you in these moments that it's difficult. And then you truly have the partnership that you need to have with your loved ones. Even if you're not married, even if it's your closest friend or family member that you trust, you're able to speak about those things. You're able to let them know, hey, this is what I need in those times. I just need a listening ear. I just need a hug. I just need to know that you're there for me when I need it, when I'm feeling down. There, there, therefore, we're not in a place where we're justifying our behavior. We're not just staying stuck. We're not just sitting here with a bad attitude, trying to justify our nastiness, <laughs> you know, justifying our bad behavior or being mean to people. But when we get to a place that we trust God and say, God, look, I can't do this without you. I need you to help me with this. I need you to place the right people in my life that will understand, that will listen, that will support me, that will pray for me, that will encourage me. That goes a long way. And then you can begin that journey to healing. So here are some transformative truths that we are now going to begin to walk in as we deal with it. The first thing is to find the lining in the lesson. This is the thing that I discovered last week when I was just having just a kind of rough day. I found the lining in the lesson. There was such a blessing in just that moment. I realized that I was allowing myself to be overwhelmed. I was putting too much pressure on myself. I'm working on different projects. At the same time, while I'm excited about these projects, I'm afraid, I'm I'm fearful. What if it doesn't succeed? What if it doesn't do well? You know, all of these things are starting to play a role. And so the lining in it was that I was able to quickly come back to myself. I was able to snap out of it allow God to just minister to me. And so I just decided that I was going to take the rest of the day off. So normally I stay in my office and I work till, you know, eight, nine o'clock, sometimes later, just depending on what I'm doing. And I just decided, you know what, we're going to just have some self-care. So I took a good, I took a shower. I got in the the bed I got the remote, found something to watch, just to relax, let my mind rest, let my body rest, so that I could start fresh and be reinvigorated. And the other thing that it did is that because I was able to be calm and focus on just sitting where I was in my feelings, the lining of the lesson was that I was then able to speak to my husband about what was going on with me. I was able to be open and vulnerable with him so that he would understand, so that he would know what to pray and how to pray for me, how to cover me. And so the lining in it is that we get closer as a couple, as husband and wife, but then I also discover for myself 
and recognize those times where I need to just stop and take care of me. And so as I was looking at scripture, I looked at 1 Peter 5 and 6, where it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. So if I had been so busy trying to figure it out for myself, if I just decided, you know what, you know, I got this. I got this thing licked. I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. If I was trying to do it within my power, within my might, I would have just exhausted myself even more. I would have run smack dab into that brick wall because I would have been so busy trying to figure it out for myself. And so I just had to humble myself die to this flesh and just say, hey, you know what? Let God speak to you. Let God minister to you. Let God lead you and guide you in what you need to do for yourself in this moment so that this thing does not overtake you. You know, sometimes it's like outrun, trying to outrun your shadow. You know, the enemy knows that this is a part of your past. He knows this is a thing that, that if you had not been more persistent and in pursuit of the things of God could have overtaken your life and you could still be living that life today but because I made a conscious decision because I was intentional about seeking God that I now have the tools and the skills to begin to work my way out of it that I don't have to be in the darkness for long but that God will be faithful to shine a light and he will rescue me And if I am faithful to doing what he commands me to do, that he will give me the beauty for those ashes. He will give me the lining. He will bless me. He will teach me even more about that. And so look for the lining in every lesson. Don't don't just, you know, go past it and act as if nothing happened or, ooh, I got out of that one. Seek what it is that God is desiring to teach you in that particular moment so that you can take that and apply it to your life later on down the road. Because you are going to need it. You're going to need it somewhere down the road. And so take from that experience and grow from that experience. And just tuck it in the back of your mind so that the next time that something tries to overtake you, you've got a tool. You know you can begin to pray. You know that you can seek God and that he will deliver you from it. He'll rescue you from it. The next thing is to admit your wrongdoing. And I know that's hard, but we we gotta deal with what our role in it is or was because there are some things that we are still doing out of the dysfunction, out of the pain, out of the hurt. And so we've got to admit our wrongdoing. We've got to confess that. And it and, and to go even further, we have to begin to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves. Before we even begin to try to seek forgiveness from others, we have to forgive ourselves. And In Jeremiah 3 and 13, um, it says, Only understand fully 
and acknowledge your wickedness and guilt. Now, right off the bat, he's going for the juggler in this. That you have rebelled against the Lord your God and have scattered your favors among strangers under every green tree. And you have not obeyed my voice. Now, this is what God said. And we know there are times we've ignored God. We know there are times when we have not listened to his voice. We have not followed his instructions. We have done what we wanted to do out of the flesh because we're justified in our actions and in our behavior and in our words and the things that we do to other people. And so if we want to get to a place that we are clear and free of all of those things, we got to admit our wrongdoing got to confess those things. We've got to offer forgiveness to ourselves. We have to seek forgiveness from those that we've offended and that we've hurt. You know, hurt people hurt other people. And, and we all have something. We all have something that we've dealt with. We all have things that we're dealing with. And so we should not go out here trying to hurt other people because we're not properly dealing with our own pain our own disappointment. It's no excuse. It's no justification for the bad behavior. So begin the healing process of forgiving yourself. But we have to admit what we've done. Even if we've done things that have been poor decisions that we now suffer consequences for, We can forgive ourselves. We can confess to God. I didn't trust you in this moment. I took matters into my own hands. I thought I knew better for myself than you knew. You weren't moving fast enough for me. But now I'm making a decision to wait on you and your wisdom and your guidance because I know that the plan that you have for me is far better for my life. Your plan is far better. And so I trust you. And the last thing is to know that God already knew. God already knew the choices that we were going to make. God knows our beginning from our end. He knows every choice that we're going to make, every decision. He knows when we're going to disobey him. He knows when we're going to just straight up ignore him. He knows when we're going to be fearful, when we're going to doubt, when we're going to question, when we're not going to believe, when we're not going to trust. God knows all of those things. He already knows. He created us. And so he knows everything about us. So there's nothing hidden or nothing new from him, no new to him. Um, And so we can rest in knowing, you know, God already knows these things. This is no surprise. He knows the choices and decisions that we are going to make. And I'm even reminded of this in Psalm 69 and 5, where he's, um, where, um, David says, oh God, you know my folly. My wrongs are not hidden from you. So he knows. He knows what we're going to do in the very next moment. He knows what we're going to do when it comes to making choices and decisions. And so it doesn't catch him by surprise. But wouldn't it be so much easier to just deal with things instead of running from them? you know, trying to avoid them. You know, a lot of times we just try to avoid having those hard conversations or apologizing or we have a hard time wanting to go back to something that we know we need to set right or that we have the ability to make right. 
Only we can do those things. We know that we have the power to do those things. Isn't it better to just go on and deal with it than to go our whole life and then all of a sudden, 20 years later, this thing comes back on you and you're like, I don't understand why that happened. How did I get here? God, I thought I was done with this. I thought that I had I had dealt with this. This hasn't come up all this time. But God has a way. God has a sense of humor of bringing those things back for us to clean it up, for us to get it right. And so if we just go on and deal with things instead of making excuses time after time, justifying our behavior with inappropriateness and and continue poor decisions, then we don't have to repeat certain seasons in our life if we just deal with these things. And so I hope that just in this episode, you will have the power and the strength and the courage, most importantly, to just deal with it. God will give you what you need. The things that you can't do, God is absolutely going to do for you. He's not asking you to do everything. The Bible tells us that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so we just have to trust him to do the things that we cannot, but we have to deal with it, knowing that God is right there with us, that he's not going to leave us to try to figure it out for ourselves, that he's going to protect us, that he's already got the answer, but that we just have to seek him because he already knew. So he's already made provision. He's already made arrangements for these things. And so we just have to trust him. We have to see the lesson. We have to see the lining in the lesson. What God desires to get to us. We have to admit our wrongdoing. We have to admit our place in the entire situation. And know that God already knew. And that he's already made preparations for the healing, restorative, transformative work to begin. So I encourage you to just take his hand and walk this walk knowing that he is not here to condemn you or to shame you or to embarrass you, but to embrace you with an everlasting love and to make your life so much better for you to live a life of peace and not a life that's in pieces that you're just holding on to, that you're just barely making it through with, but that you can truly walk in joy and in freedom and in love. I thank you for joining me for another episode of Transformative Talk. And I hope that you remember that today is a great day to be made new. And that I am always, always rooting for you. Until next time.